Hi, and welcome to Driving Leadership. I'm David Foster. I'm Mike Metcalf. And I'm Sean Pete. And today we want to talk to you about mindset. Mindset is what you think about what you do, and it affects how you do what you do, and how that impacts leaders and your leadership style and results. So to start off, let's talk about what mindset is and how that impacts what you do. Just to go from a very practical standpoint, mindset is an established set of attitudes held by someone. It's your foundation. It's the governing rules, your core values, all these things that help you make decisions uh, each and every day. And one of the things that I think we all need to wrestle with is, is that if we don't know what our mindset is, that's probably not a good thing. Because if we don't know, if we, everyone has a mindset, right? So if you're not, if you can't point to what your mindset is, then that means you have a mindset that lacks intention. So it's conscious. Yeah, it's conscious. It's, it's your overarching, it's your ethos. It's how you approach every day. It's how you approach the way you lead. And I would argue that you may not have control over where your mindset starts, but you have control over where your mindset goes. So maybe you, maybe you had certain circumstances that give you a very positive, very negative mindset, but over time, you can, I would argue that you can intentionally adjust that for your own benefit. I agree, and I think, I think the science backs you up. I mean, the neuroplasticity that they found in our brains, um, we can become whatever we want, but those are driven by our thoughts. Mm -hmm. thoughts. Thoughts are things. That's what mindset starts out as in its infancy. My kids will probably listen to this episode. I just want to point out that Sean said neuroplasticity before I did, so <laughs> I'm only talking about it because he brought it up, not because we've talked about it for our entire lives. That, that was it. I feel like you want to go in down the neuroplasticity route. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I think this idea of, of conscious mindset versus unconscious mindset is, is almost the critical ingredient. Like, I think that there are some people out there that think, well, I've got no choice but to have this attitude because these things happened. But I personally don't believe that's true. No, I think, I think conscious mindset is intention. I think unconscious mindset is bias. And, and there's a big difference between the way those two things serve us. And build on that, I think bias is largely more so caught than taught, right? So a lot of people have a mindset that is very close to someone who they followed or want to emulate their boss a coach they had, something like that. You get a mindset, a lot of times it's, uh, it's given to us and we accept it. And I think it's up to us, you know, talk about driving leadership. As we're driving our, our teams and our businesses, it's up to us to adapt a mindset that's fitting, that's positive, uh, that can get us to those successful outcomes that we're looking for. So, so I think that in popular culture, bias gets a bad rap and mindset gets a positive rap. But if you have a bias towards positivity, inclusivity, opportunity, well, then that's not such a bad thing. But it's, it's, it's pretty common that if 
you know, you, you say, well, you know, watch out for this person. He's kind of biased. We all know that that's shorthand for racist, sexist, homophobic, some, some, kind, of, some kind of issue, right? But if somebody says, well, they have, you know, that's their mindset, of course, of course they're going to see opportunity there because that's their mindset. It's a positive thing. And Sean, I, I haven't thought about it before, but I think you're right that the, the way you put the difference between bias and mindset is conscious and unconscious or vice versa. Yeah, and, and I've never thought of it the way the way you are. Like I have a I have a bias towards wanting to be around great human beings, mm-hmm. and and I have a bias towards people that light me up. You know, I, but I've always you're absolutely right. There is a negative connotation that hangs on that word, and, and especially like you said, when you associate it with mindset, it, it, that be, it's the default. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying. It. Hey, if no one else listens to this, but uh, but us, then I think we're still. You know, there's something positive coming out of it. <laughs> leaders tend to be you know ha- have harder edges sometimes and have you know higher expectations and may may tend towards being a little bit more type a and anything that seems a little you know soft or woo isn't really embraced by leaders often right but you know even if you go to you know navy seals and their training camps right you hear about people who have succeeded there and it was their belief that they could that made the difference between well succeeding and failing right and so i think that for a leader to be able to embrace problems and have a positive not attitude but a positive mindset that they'll be able to figure it out has a huge part in what they actually end up doing, whether it's successful or unsuccessful. I, I would agree. I mean, I think <clears throat> you talk about hope, you know, you talk about optimism. I mean, these are things that carry us in our lowest moments, right? <clears throat> we, talk, we say all the time, if, uh, if leadership's hard, you know, it's probably because you're doing it right. And everything that we want is on the other side of hard, right? <laughs> so. Mm-hmm how do you get through those hard moments, right? You don't just show up on in the, in the storm and get through it. Basically, you know, when we think about this, what we're doing is, is we're talking about how our, our mindsets give us hope in moments where they, they, may, they may not seem like there is any, you know, there may not seem to be a, a, a quick solution to some things. <clears throat> there may be a problem that you have as a leader that you don't really know how to solve and and it just may you know we don't have any resources or intelligence to solve this what do you do in those moments and i think having a mindset of like well there's nothing we can do would be common but i think it is up to us as leaders that want to continue to drive and innovate to say all right let's figure out where we can start what can we control and the only thing sometimes in those moments is just our mindset to say we are going to keep going we're mm-hmm. going to be positive. We're going to work together. We're going to be collaborative. And so um, I just for, for me to see and work with people that have that kind of mindset is just uh, it's been incredible inspiration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, David, you bring up the Navy SEALs, you know, and you look at the attrition rate of that that training, that course, right? Buds. 60%. You're right. And, and it's, you know, they, they constantly say it's not the most physically gifted they get through it. 
Mm-hmm. It's the ones that can shift their mindset. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, Mike and I have, you know, had the honor of working with a couple of those guys and they talk about how, you know, they call us 40 percenters because what they start realizing is, is, is we're capable of so much more, mm-hmm. but we are held up so much of a, these brains on our head, they're, they're like a governor on a motor. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We're capable of so much more and so much of it starts with our mindset mm-hmm. and how we look at things and how we look at possibility and how we look at opportunity and how we look at failure. And all these are different mindsets um, that work to either serve us or ruin us. I would want leaders, if, if you're leading a team of people, I, I would want that leader to look inwards and say, what do I really think about this? Like, like almost on an emotional level, do I think that these two people will figure out the problem? Do I think that our group will survive? Do I think that, you know, something else will happen? Because as you said, thoughts are things and they affect, they, they literally affect how we behave and the choices that we make. Right. And so, you know, you guys have talked before about the arrival mindset, right? And that is sort of, if I could summarize what you've said, it's sort of a habit of what is your state of mind before you open that office door, right? And I think that's a really good place. You know, I've been thinking about that over the last week while we planned this. I think that's a really good place for leaders to start thinking about what their mindset is and actually kind of actually kind of play with it right like not in a not in a cheesy affirmation you know shouting things at yourself in the mirror kind of way but in a you know a very honest self-reflection kind of way like wow i'm i'm headed to work and i just i don't think this is going to work out i you know i think you know and get to work however you need if that's the subway in your car with the stereo up whatever Mm -hmm. that's that's not the part where you know where we think you know the juice is right Mm -hmm. we what we challenge you know i would want leaders to challenge their employees their athletes that what you when you put your hand on the door leading into work and for some people that's going to be the door to their building some people that's going to be the door to their office Mm -hmm. some people it might be the door to the field house Mm -hmm. but who are you and how are you arriving how are you showing up when you put your hand on the door, mm-hmm. right? Very few people come to work with that intention, right? We're either, you know, thinking about something that went sideways that morning or what's ahead of us, or um, we're on the black mirror just staring at our phone, coming into the building with a complete lack of intention. Mm-hmm. What if you just, like you said, this is all about small shifts. Mm-hmm. What if you just shifted it and put your hand on the work door into work tomorrow and said, I'm going to be collaborative today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a great experience today. I'm going to bring the best version of myself today. Mm-hmm. Right? If thoughts are things, you just came through the door as the leading candidate uh, for employee of the year. Mm-hmm. Right Now, can you execute on that? Mm-hmm. But what you're doing is you're giving yourself a better chance because you showed up with intention mm-hmm. and your mindset was in a place that's going to allow you to succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 75% of our thoughts are negative or... Um, That's a very negative thought. It it is a very negative thought, but it's a very truthful negative (laughs) thought. (laughs) And I think that number, it might be higher. That that was, I think, early COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were in this kind of 
pessimistic, what's going to go wrong next kind of cycle of life. And then the other stat was that 75% of our thoughts roughly are very similar to the thoughts that we had the day before, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's talking about basically we are in this cycle in our heads of, you know, trending toward negativity, uh, but then also stuck in it. And I think that's where mindset comes in. It allows you to kind of break out of the cycle, um, build a better foundation for your day. And that has to be done daily. And I think that's one thing, you know, you can't just go to a great offsite over a weekend or read a book or do a retreat and say, all right, I'm good Monday. Hopefully this carries me through the week. I think to Sean's point, there's intention to it that should be addressed on a daily basis. And there's a, there's a really, really good reason why 75% of our thoughts are negative. And that is because our, our biases and attention are asymmetrical, right? We've, we come from a long line of ancestors whose lives were threatened by things around them, right? We would die if we didn't react quickly enough. But the good things usually didn't kill us, right? And so we've got a predisposition to see the negative quickly, clearly, accurately, and almost like ruminate on it because, you know, somewhere tied into the ancestral DNA is, you know, that awareness that the saber-toothed tigers might jump out and kill us at any second, right? And so kind of like what Sean was saying, it needs to be conscious to have a positive or a beneficial mindset because we're not in the same kind of danger. I think there still is danger, right? But not in the same way. And that, you know, that, that understanding yourself and mastering yourself really comes to play, especially if you can be conscious about what is dangerous and what is not dangerous, right? And so, while well, 75% of our thoughts are negative, you know, there's, there's a reason to look out for danger. But I don't think that reason is when you open up your office door or your gym door or wherever it is that you're going to work right to be a leader but let's let's be honest you know so many people you know and some people may be listening some people we work with um they have it on autopilot mm -hmm. you know they, they they go in and it's it's the same monday as last monday and it'll be the same tuesday as last tuesday and understanding makes the mind lazy and when we understand something completely it makes the mind lazy we don't have to work Mm -hmm. Right. So why, why show up with any intention? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the part for leaders. It's like, okay, challenge people, mm -hmm. challenge them at the front door, mm -hmm. challenge them once they get into the building, right? Challenge them with their mindset. That's how, that's how you can take mindset and use it to, for good. Yeah. Those, uh, prehistoric brains also, uh, took in, I think it's, um, what we take in in two weeks is what they would take in in a decade. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think our brains think that we're doing a good job. We're protected. We're fed, you know, the 25 percent positivity part that we can check those boxes. We're good mm -hmm. there. Let's let's just shift more energy over to the negative stuff. Like, you know, and so I think it's like you said, like we're all saying here, it's a conscious shift that needs to happen for us to show up with good mindsets, um, with winning mindsets. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of the arrival mindset. I also like the idea of making it conscious by figuring out, you know, almost like a James Clear habit stacking kind of way. 
of making mindset checks during certain parts of your day, right? So when there is fill in the blank, whatever, you know, whatever your routine is, because people have the same types of things happen when they're leaders, you know, whether it's, whether it's meetings or whether it's a group exercise or whether it's some sort of performance or marker, you know, making it, making a, a habit to consciously check in with yourself and say, what, what is my mindset? What is my presupposition? What is my attitude towards what's about to happen or what I'm about to just, what I'm about, what I am about to do? That is that small shift, which allows a little light in, in the door to be able to make a small shift in action. And then once there's a small shift in action, you can have a better mindset or a more productive mindset. And so I like the idea of the arrival mindset, but I also like the idea of a departure mindset or a pre-meeting mindset or a you know, pre-report mindset, whatever, whatever you can figure out as a trigger. The mindset that I, I just kind of skipped to practical here, but I think neutrality is, is the word that comes up for me so much. And my question to myself often is, is what gear am I in? And uh, so you think about like a neutral mindset would be to a lot of people think that when things are going negative, uh, let's call that reverse, you want to you want to get it going in the right direction. And what we try to do is just shift right into fifth. Mm -hmm. But we understand that shifting doesn't work that way. And it doesn't work that way for us as humans. You have to go from reverse to neutral and then you go first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Um, And so my question off to myself is like, what gear am I in? When things go bad or if I'm spiraling or if I'm not in a good mindset, I can be honest with myself and say, all right, I'm, I'm in reverse right now. And that's not where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not to try to go forward. It's to just get back to neutral. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, uh, you know, being overly positive isn't the right approach. There's mm-hmm. science out that says that it's better to be less negative than more positive. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's going to actually move your team for them to see, okay, we can stop the negativity. You know, sometimes the rah-rah doesn't work, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in tough moments. And so um, for me, it's, it is. You said, David, you talked about shifting, and I think that's uh, an important concept for people to, to think about. Mm-hmm. It's important not to confuse mindset with sort of like this optimistic, pessimistic, you know, binary outlook, right? Because as you said, Mike, you know, sometimes rah-rah isn't the best attitude, right? And that's the same with any kind of performance or any kind of, you know, decision that you have to make. I think it's important to say that you have a neutral mindset when you don't want a short-term emotion to really affect a long-term decision, and especially as a leader, right? But that's not the same thing as optimism and pessimism. Sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, but, but I think, like I said, and I don't want to go on too many tangents here, but, you know, being, like you said, being in a neutral place with your mindset and your emotions allows you as a leader to be foundational, mm-hmm. right? Like one of the, the leaders I always had a problem with were the ones that sunk to the lowest lows and climbed to the highest highs. And you mm-hmm. just never knew what was coming through. And I think sometimes that neutrality offers you, it allows you to flatline. 
in a sense that that you're foundational that people know what they're getting when they come to you right when you know and, and what where that really stands out is when everything is falling apart right and if you have that neutral mindset when everything is falling apart you know how people say oh well they rose to the occasion mm-hmm. so you're in the worst situation you've been every all the factors around you are at their very worst mm-hmm. and and you're going to pick that moment in time to rise up and show us the best version of that that's a fallacy Mm-hmm. What's happening is everything else is falling around apart around you, mm-hmm. but you're not because you're foundational, you're neutral in, in, in what you're doing. And I think that's a really big point for leaders. You know, I think sometimes, you know, all the movies we watch, you think you need to do this heroic charge through the field and mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you know, being foundational, being neutral in these, in these crazy situations we find ourselves in um, is an example of powerful leadership because it's hard to be neutral in those moments. I mean, you're really talking about, in my mind, you're really talking about stable. No, stable, foundational, however you, however yeah. you want to put it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you can be neutral and still have a, you know, a, a growth mindset, so to speak, right? So the, the neutrality is almost neutrality of emotion, right? And having that affect you. But you're not being neutral in terms, at least in my mind, I don't think you're being neutral in terms of, you know, saying to yourself or somebody else, well, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter whether you fail or not fail or, you know, I'm not going to sway that one way or the other. But I think if you have a growth mindset, you're not, you're not like, as you said, you know, the lowest lows or the highest highs as a sort of like emotional influence. But you do have the attitude that if we run into difficulties, I will be able to learn. This other person will be able to learn and we'll be able to do better and move on to the next the next challenge. And we're going to we're going to save this for another time. You know, we're going to do a whole episode on managing your emotions because there's no bigger incubators of human emotions than teams, right? Mm -hmm. We spend more time with these people we work with than our own families. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm going to head that off at the pass because I think we have a whole hour or two part series just, just to talk about, um, working on our emotions. But, but like you said, your mindset, your mindset puts your guard, the guardrails on that type of behavior, right? And when those situations arrive, um, it's often your mindset that's going to, like you said, it, it's going to save you or ruin you because it's going to move you through that, or you're going to, or you're going to crumble in that spot. Yeah, and and I think it's honestly harder to have a fixed mindset than it is to have a growth mindset. And I think people probably would disagree with me on that. <laughs> feel feel free to disagree, <laughs> but I mean, I think I think our brains were made to to be. I mean, I have I look at my four and my two year old, and they're always growing, and we have they have this curiosity about things. They mm-hmm. they are always questioning things and they and they're soaking in things every day and i'm learning that it's not like you know they say kids don't have a good attention span it's like they they have a great attention span they're looking at everything they haven't learned to just tunnel in and fix yet and so at some point we get older and then we get to be leaders and we think we need to just narrow in on one process one thing that makes us stand out and i think that's harder to do than just be the kind of curious kind of person that you probably we probably all were as kids i don't think kids have a short attention span i just think they have a incredibly low tolerance for bullshit 
Oh, I agree with that. I right? agree with that. Yeah. Well, and you see, you look at kids though, but how we're how they go through school, right? We're still in these this archaic school system that we put our kids through, and and how do we reward? Like you have to prove things, right? Right, fixed mindset. You you prove things and you get rewards for it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that th- that doesn't serve us because the rewards don't come in the same anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. It's this changeable growth mindset that allows you to fail and work on your tools and get better. I think, um, you know, that, I think that's why Carol Dweck's book was so fascinating because you 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 think that, oh wow, I've been doing this my whole life like this. Like when mm-hmm. I read that book, I knew I was fixed. And, mm-hmm. and and really had to work to, to change that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think as since we mentioned uh, Dweck's book and, you know, all the different research around that, I think it's important to recognize that practice, like practicing your mindset almost like grows that muscle, grows that muscle stronger. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes leaders they, they want to have the hard skills. They want the letters after their name, right? They want to have the certificate. They want to have the, you know, some sort of something that says, see, I'm the, I'm the best at this, or I was with the best at this. But I think that practicing mindset is probably as valuable, if not more valuable than all those things, because it allows, it, it allows you as a leader to grow. Right. Where those other things are exactly what you're talking about. Like prove to me that you read the stuff in the syllabus, write this paper, and then we'll give you the letters to put after your name. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying that those things aren't useful, but they're not as, I don't think they're as useful as mindset. Yeah. And, but you know, but we don't, we don't teach that. You know, I mean, here we are in our, you know, adult lives and we spent a lot of time in school and I, I don't remember anybody saying that one of the most important things that you're ever going to do in your adult life, in your career, and especially as a leader, is to form your mind in a solid, well-built way before you go into situations. But think of the leaders that you've had and sort them roughly into piles of, you know, well, effective and ineffective, the ones in the, inef- in, the, in the effective pile had that growth mindset. They had that, you know, sort of like absence of emotional reaction, but yet they were still positive about what was possible. No, and I mean, just from like a, a football standpoint, the coaches that, I, that had the most success were the ones who were willing to change offenses, willing mm-hmm. to make changes to the staff, even if that was a change where somebody had been there for a long time or was even successful. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I think I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And not only would I agree with that, I would add to that, that not only the best coaches and teachers, the ones, you know, of the, the growth mindset people, but they're also the ones that try to instill or invoke growth mindset in their employees and athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and an example of that is, um, you know, uh, if there's a tire changer, you know, we, Mike and I can go up to him and say, you know, hey, great 12 second stop. All we're doing is re- rewarding that outcome, right? Mm-hmm. We are leaving that person with nothing, nothing to grow mm-hmm. and nothing to encourage that outcome to show back up. Mm-hmm. But what if instead we said, hey, look, when you get to the car and you square your shoulders up and you manage your hand speed, it allows us to run a 12 second stop. Mm-hmm. Great job. 
right? So now both both situations you get adulation, right? Which lights us up as human beings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But one leaves him with two teaching points and one leaves him with nothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I find that when you put people in the growth mindset spots, the behaviors you want to see in your team, your company, they start to show up more often. And, and mm -hmm. I think every time that we address something like that, we have the ability to do that. Do mm -hmm. you think that is the the responsibility of, of leaders? Because I haven't seen that on a uh, job description yet. <laughs> Has the ability to inspire growth mindset in others. Haven't seen it. Well, yeah, but we're still at this space where we're like, well, it's 85% mental and 15% physical or we're 60% we're physical and 40. We're 100% physical. We're 100% mental. Mm -hmm. right? That's the only way we're If we want to be high performers, that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think we like, can you, can your mindset influence others? Is that even, is that even possible? I, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's possible. I would say that it, it's automatic, mm. right? Expand so, on that. Sorry? If you could expand on that. I'm <clears> interested <throat> to hear that. I would say, you know, I, I've had the, I, I, I've been lucky enough to go into a bunch of different organizations and be able to like get involved in them very quickly to figure out what's going right, what's going wrong, and what possible changes to make. And whether it's the way people format their reports or how they approach a problem, just unconsciously, it really has boiled down to the, the, the CEO, the managing director, the owner, the founder, whoever it is. And that, it doesn't mean that everybody exactly mimics that, the, the, the owner or the founder's mindset, but that the owner or founder's mindset really influences the way people behave. And once you start to move people around and, you know, some of those people in leadership positions get some coaching to adjust their mindset or, you know, hey, did you ever think about it that like this, right? Or do you realize that, you know, the options that you gave your, your other managers don't include, you know, some more positive options, then things start to change. So I think that you know, if we talk about the Navy SEALs, we all know Jocko. He's got that story in his, in his first book about changing the leader of the worst boat team and the best boat team. And those two teams switched positions in, in, in competitions after the leaders were switched. And that has an awful lot to do with mindset, right? That leader from the first team that went to the losing team was now able to almost immediately affect the performance of others just because of the way he thought about it. And so you're right that it's not in job descriptions, but it should be, right? And it should, I think it should also be something that's, that's conscious. You know, if, if you're going to work tomorrow and you're having you know, a meeting with your other managers or your team, in, in some ways, yeah, think about how you think. Think about how you perceive things because the other people in the room are picking up on that. And because you're the leader, you have an undue amount of influence over how they think. Right, and if I'm a leader and, and I'm listening to this, I'm trying to think about um, how, do I, how do I work this into my hiring process? 
how do I figure out who's coming through the door? How do I know if I have a fixed person or a growth person coming through the door? Because mm-hmm. like I said, I think that's, you know, you start, you start getting those people in it. If you're saying they can affect a whole team, what if you have a whole team of growth mindset people? What, do you, what are you capable of accomplishing then? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, David, it sounds like you're saying that mindset is what truly drives culture and performance. I mean, is that, is that a stretch or am I reading that right? Well, I think it's kind of like what we talked about last week where if you have a poor mindset, it's going to be really difficult to have a really great culture. It's going to be really difficult to have great performance if you have a poor mindset and your culture's a little weak. You know, like, yeah, you better have the patent on the new thing that everybody needs to have a successful business, at least financially, right? But I think, you know, from a human measurement, we can all, you know, we can all see that when when leaders have a poor mindset, when they don't think that people are capable of growing, learning, adapting to changing conditions, you know, the, the team suffers. Yeah, if it's not the top of the pile, it's pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. it again, it, it's, it's, we talked right at the start about it being foundational. It's the foundation for great efforts. Mm-hmm. And if you, mm-hmm. you go in every day and you think, you know, work's going to suck, it's going to suck. It just is. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're not, you're not going to, you know, give it an extraordinary effort. You're not going to, you know what I mean? So I just, I, I don't, when we start ranking it on the things that are important, man, it sure is tough to think of something more important. But let's talk about it's going to suck because sometimes, sometimes, you know, your, your choices in life are just to pick out what is the least shitty thing possible. Right. And that may definitely suck. And to say that it won't is, is not very helpful. Right. But there's a difference. I think there's a big difference between being unrealistic and saying, oh, it's not going to suck. It's fine. It's only a flesh wound. You know, I can use my other arm, right? That kind of like ridiculousness. <laughs> but a, a, a growth mindset, for instance, would say, all right, this is going to suck. But I think if we're talking personally, I can figure this out so that I can be a little bit better at the end of this process and what I'm going to have to face the next day or the next revolution of time is going to suck a little bit less, right? But I think being realistic, but also being open to learning and adapting is incredibly valuable. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the mindset things that, that I really like is, you know, when, when you know you have work that's going to suck, mm-hmm. it's, it's asking your team or your employees... The first question, compared to what? Okay, this work's going to suck compared to what? Right? We, have a, we have a tendency, we talk about mindset, we compare up all the time, we never compare down. Mm-hmm. Right? If we compared down for one second, we would realize we're all blessed beyond measure. Mm-hmm. So write five things down that you think would suck more than what I'm asking you to do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they come back and it, it becomes pretty difficult, right? And if we're talking about shifts... You know, everything in life is hard, right? Mm-hmm. Everything. Mike, Mike said at the start, you know, everything good in life lies on the other side of hard. Mm-hmm. So instead of asking ourselves, is it hard? We should ask ourselves, is it worth it? 
And mm-hmm. these, but these are all examples of these small mindset, excuse me, mindset shifts mm-hmm. um, that we can make to elevate our teams. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not, you know, affecting your mindset is not turning around the Titanic. Right? It's, it's these, you, you talk about James Clear, it's the aggregation of marginal gains. It's thinking this way when this happens, and it's mm-hmm. thinking this way when this happens, and, and, and moving towards a more, a more growth-centered mindset and, and an overall more positive mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we, we tend to either, kind of going back to neutrality a little bit here, but uh, we tend to either be very passive in these moments, I think, David, or we tend to be overly aggressive in these moments. But I think there is a, a, a middle ground of just assertiveness, just perspective, trying to provide perspective in those moments. And then, um, you know, just saying, hey, let's just let's just whatever, wherever it comes, we're going to deal with it and we're going to deal with it the best way we can. That's a, that's assertive in a in a growth way. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. And. You know, going going back to what you, dear listener, can do tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on your way to work, is to you know set set some sort of reminder, right? Whether it's on your phone or your email, or you know some sort of mechanical thing where you can say that's right. I want to spend, I mean, even ten seconds being conscious of what my attitude is and you know I, I guarantee that that habit even two or three times a day over the course of a few weeks will change literally your ability to handle things and do things and see different solutions you're right david i think one one of the things that i've adopted is you know if we if we ever went to the racetrack and had a bad pit stop, you know, I would have, you know, 40 to 60 minutes to drive to the airplane. And on the way to the airplane, I'd be like, okay, the crew chief's going to get on the plane. He's going to start yelling at me. This is what I'm going to come back at him with. Mm -hmm. And every single time that happened, the crew chief walked right by me. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we talk about mindset, the one thing that I do now all the time now is I continuously check in with myself. Is this a story? And, and you know what I find more often than not, it's a story. When I get really worked up, I'm like, well, no, I've, I've built all the drama around this. Mm-hmm. I've, there, there's nothing to this. This is, if, you know, my imagination running wild. And, and that's really helped me is, is what's the story and what's real? Mm-hmm. And, and constantly checking in with yourself to be like, oh, yeah, I fabricated, you know, 60% of that. Mm-hmm. There was never going to be a verbal confrontation on the planet. Yeah, my version of that is going through a, fairly difficult period with one business and pulling into the parking lot really with just that attitude of like, well, this just sucks and not getting out of the car and driving away, even though I had a meeting and driving for another half an hour before I, before I adjusted my own attitude. Right. And this wasn't, Again, this wasn't an unrealistic thing. I was going into something that was going to be quite difficult, and I didn't say to myself that it wasn't going to be difficult, but I got to the point where I accepted that I had the ability to figure out a solution that was going to make things, at the very least, marginally better. And that helped me when I walked in, albeit late, 
but it helped me when I walked in because I felt like I could literally see things differently, right? And the meeting was awful and there weren't very many good solutions, but we together figured out some solutions that were less than the worst and that built up over time. I think if I had walked in, if I hadn't gone for the, the extra half an hour and I had walked in, you know, with that mindset of like, this is going to suck and I just have to, you know, I just have to deal with it. Right. I, I don't think it would have been as successful. Yeah. I think a lot of leaders can look back and say, if I'd done a 30 minute mindset audit before X, Y, and Z meeting, our course may have been, you know, gone in a different, different direction. Mm. And I think what you, what, what I'm hearing in that moment is, is that you're able to find some kind of gratitude. You're able to figure out in that moment that this thing, you know what, it's bad, but it's not going to destroy me. You know, mm -hmm. so what are, what are the solutions moving forward? I want to ask you guys a question. What do you, what do you say to the leaders who have a good mindset, a healthy mindset, but are in environments where no one else has it? You know, how, what do you say to them? How do they, how have you kept going in moments like that when it's been challenging? You know, I think, you know, I, I start by, um, you know, because I've actually been in some of those environments. I've been with them, in them, with I've you. Been, I've, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and again, I, you know, we'd be lying if we, we did said that, you know, you weren't, there, there weren't moments where you were completely exasperated, right? And, and questioning whether you're in the right place. And I think, you know, it's, it's first of all, you know, making sure that you realize that, you know, someone else's opinion of you is none of your business. You know, because I think that's where a lot of this starts. I think the first thing that I would say, and I have said to people is, one, hold on, right? Mm. Like, the, your ability to change other people's minds or mindsets is, is not linked to your, you know, happiness or self-satisfaction or what it is that you should actually do. You have a positive mindset and you're on a team where there's a lot of negative mindsets, you know, what are you, what are your options? You know, join, join team negative. Are you going to be happier doing that? You know, is your career and the team goals and the business project, is that going to be better off? No. And you know, the other thing that I've said is almost in a, almost in a self-care kind of way, like figure out how you can get support for where you feel like a struggle is, right? So if you're a leader, you've got people that, at least in your opinion, have a bad or difficult mindset and you have, you know, something that's towards growth or positivity or capability and you're, you're finding yourself emotionally react, reacting to that, find something to do with those emotions. And whether that's your partner or friends or some sort of self-care, because that mindset's very valuable to you and to the team. And for all you know, you may be right on the precipice of influencing others in a very positive way, right? And you don't wanna give up right before that happens. Right, mine are much more primitive. It's, you know, inspire if you can, 
educate if you can't and uh if, if all else fails just threaten them with violence spoken <laughs> <laughs> so, from a true hockey enforcer that's exactly what i was going to say exactly what i was going to say well i like the i like the idea of the self-audit and and i like the idea of the awareness are there any other practical things that we can leave somebody with yeah i think writing some of this stuff down just cements it for me you yeah know, that's a good I'll, idea you know, it really does, and and I'll do, I'll do it. You know, before I go to bed or before I head into the to the shop. But I will, you know, literally write a, a few things down that I that I really want to make sure that I hold to that day, that mm -hmm. I think will elevate my performance. And um, yeah, I just I, I think there's by writing them down, it makes them real. Yeah, and I I think there is a lot of power in doing it the night before, um, just having something to wake up to without you know the who's it is it jim harbaugh that wears the same thing every day mm -hmm. you know has it laid out the night before so he doesn't have to think about it in the morning because when he wakes up he wants to think about football well we want to think about our teams when we wake up we want to think about excellence we want to think vertically we want to think about the next iteration the next innovation and so if we can wake up and hit the ground running i think that gives us a powerful powerful start as leaders uh i also i mean i just have a little routine and you know one of them one part of it is a song that I listen to every morning and it reminds me of certain things and it's a song that takes me back to a certain place where I wanted to be a leader, where I wanted to be a guy that people would look up to and things like that. So it puts me in that mindset early of mm -hmm. these aspirations that I've had for years uh, and it just reconnects me to that. And mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that that mindset has the power to do. It has the power to connect us to the things that we really want. Mm -hmm. I'm a morning writer uh not not in the evening because i feel like i don't have the mental capacity or manual dexterity to work a keyboard after a certain hour right but but every morning i forever you know i've sat down and written whatever comes to mind and i've found that i found that to be useful in a couple of ways but in terms of mindset after i'm done writing i can take a look at it for sometimes even 15 seconds and I think, wow, that really reveals where my head is at, right? And that makes it conscious and then I can make whatever adjustment I want and I can think, all right, well, I'm, I'm walking into this and I have this, you know, I have this certain mindset or I'm trying to have this certain mindset. So I think these are, I think these are good ideas for almost like a, a regular self audit because it, it really changes your capacity. It does, and it, and it brings awareness, and I can assure you as leaders, if you're walking into your teams with self-awareness, you've got most of the leaders covered, because that's one thing that is missing, I would say, profoundly uh, in the workspace right now. Mm. Mm. If there's not a Michael Scott in your office, you are Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, I think that wraps that for tonight. I hope people get some practical use out of this and we will cover mindset, different types of mindset and, and how to identify how people are thinking, what their mindset is and how to help them in, in future talks. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Look forward to it. Thanks everyone. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week.